Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. I am Graham G.S.M. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. And the interviews just keep rolling on here on WrestleRant Radio. Today we welcome on someone you probably formerly knew as Elijah Burke in WWE, D'Angelo De Niro in Impact, but currently known as the NWA World Television Champion, The Pope. Uh, is going to be joining me here on today's show to talk all about a stint in the NWA, winning the NWA World Television Championship, his charity work, which was really, really cool to hear him talk about that, and so much more. So we're going to be dropping that interview here today. I know I did say last week we'll be dropping my interview with CM Punk here on the show today, but we're going to bump that back a week to uh, make room for the Pope. So Pope this week, Punk next week, and in two weeks, John Cena. Now, of course, the Cena and Punk interviews are already both out on my YouTube channel, so you can go there and check those out. Um, in audio form, they are available on Bleach Report. In article form, Punk went up last Friday. Cena went up today, actually. Got a lot of cool feedback on that, so check that out on Bleach Report. Um, but yeah, both are available already on my YouTube channel. All the interviews usually drop there first, so head on over to youtube.com backslash Matthews. Hit that subscribe button and check out all the interviews going up this week last week and the week before, and there's a lot of them. There's almost one every single day, including with AJ Francis, the host of WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, former football uh, former football player turned NXT wrestler. Uh, that was a great interview. We talked to Joe Koff, the COO of Ring of Honor Wrestling. We talked to Bianca Belair, the SmackDown Women's Champion, the NXT General Manager, William Regal, Damian Priest of Monday Night Raw, the Intercontinental Champion, Apollo Crews, and still to come to the channel in the next couple of days, Impact Wrestling Zone, Eddie Edwards and Jordan Grace. So there's a shit ton of interviews, including with a director as well, of a movie called Senior Moment. I had the pleasure of speaking to him, uh, Giorgio Sofani. So that interview's going up in the next couple of days as well. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. But uh, yeah, today we welcome on the Pope to talk all things NWA, his charity work, and so much more. And then, of course, we're going to welcome on Mr. Marceau to help me break down Dynamite, Raw, and NXT from this past week. And get his two cents on Pat McAfee joining SmackDown commentary, the release of Samoa Joe from last week, among others. Um, I did discuss it at the end of last week's show. But he wasn't there for that, so I wanted to get his two cents on it and plenty of other stuff. But before we go any further, you guys can check out full episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode on Thursdays. For Again, we've had exclusive interviews every single week for months now. So if you're missing out on these shows or the YouTube channel, you're greatly missing out. So be sure to check out the show every single Thursday and the YouTube channel for plenty of more interviews that don't make it here to the show. So without further ado, please welcome at this time my very special guest for today, the NWA World Television Champion himself, The Pope. 
What's going on, guys? Graham Jesus and Matthews with WhatCulture.com. we got a WrestleRant Radio exclusive today. We're talking the NWA World Television Champion, the Pope, a.k.a. Elijah Burke, a.k.a. the former D'Angelo De Niro. Pope, what's going on, man? you got a ton of names to refer to you by. Well, you know, to each his own at any given time and every given day because, you know what, there is actually a difference there, my friend. Okay. There is. I mean, yes, there's the Pope. Yes, there's D'Angelo De Niro, but we won't talk about him no more. But, of course, there's always going to be Elijah Burke. And um, Pope is just a little bit uh, on the turned-up side of Elijah Burke, if you will. <laughs> well, we were just talking before we went live here. You're killing it right now, man. You're with the NWA. You're the current TV champion. You got requests up the of the Yahoo, so to speak. So I appreciate taking the time to do this one. Uh, no problem, man. You know, uh, as old Macho would say, the cream always rises to the top. <laughs> so when you talk about WrestleRant Radio, you know, on here chilling, about to vibe with Graham for a minute or two, hey, man, you at the top. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. But uh, always been a long-time fan. Knew we wanted to get some time with you just to chat about the NWA stuff and everything else. But before we get to the NWA stuff, got to ask you, because we were talking about this over DM uh, in the last couple of weeks going back and forth, but your charity work. Let's talk about that a little bit. How'd that come about? Tell me more a little bit more. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, wow. Well, I appreciate that very much, Graham, because a lot of guys, they wait till the end to talk about the charity. <laughs> and you just show what type of person, you know, you're, you're showing me why you're that cream daddy that rises to the top, because you're going to go ahead and talk about that now, because above all things, above everything we're going to discuss, that is the most important part mm-hmm. uh, uh, of Pope and, and what I do specifically in helping disadvantaged communities and dealing with the homeless and kids, providing them with all the tools and book bags that are filled with such to help them achieve academic success. So that is what my charity is, the Love Alive charity over at love-alive.org. You can go over there. You can read about it. If you uh, are moved to do so, we only ask that you donate a dollar. Obviously, we ask that you, you know, those that can do more, but a dollar help makes a difference in the lives of those individuals. And what's so cool about my charity grant that I started, uh, we'll be hitting 10 years come January. We are 501, uh, 501c3. Of course we are legit. Uh, but what's so cool about it is that when, when I get, you know, four or 500 people standing in a line, uh, we're not feeding them out of a soup truck. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're not feeding them cold cuts or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. These homeless people gather in the nucleus of homelessness in Jacksonville, Florida, which is downtown, and we feed them directly out of Burger King. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me what other place you know that's doing that for not just the homeless, (laughs) but for just those who are in need. And um, um, we respect and and, and obviously uh, we appreciate all the other charities and any other charity that that does so. Uh, but we take the money that is donated because, again, we work directly off of public donations. We're not supported uh, by the government. Mm-hmm. We don't get funds from them. So it's my pocket, and then it's whatever you decide uh, to help my charity along with and yeah we put it to good use man we have blankets for the people that are on the street we provide them with such we provide everybody with um hygiene products uh again like i said toys for the kids book bags we have clothes we have shoes and the list goes on and on so to all of the listeners of restaurant radio if you have a moment head over to love 
dash, that's hyphen mark, alive.org slash donate. And if you can throw, you know, uh, a, a buck or two, you know, the, the cost of a value meal these days is more than $5. Mm-hmm. So if you just can go <laughs> give a little something, your boy will appreciate that. We'll appreciate that very much. Well, that's awesome, man. You said you were celebrating 10 years of the uh, Love Alive Inc. Foundation, your charity. I mean, tell me more a little bit how you got involved with this to begin with. Well, um, it's real simple. When you come from impoverished communities mm-hmm. yourself, you know, um, I wasn't raised in the best of areas. I wasn't in a suburb. I wasn't in a gated community or whatnot. And there were times that mom was working two jobs. My dad was there. Mom working two jobs. Uh, I love my daddy to death, uh, but he was a tightwad. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it came to his money. And, you know, just think of this. Think of you being a child and mom at work or she leaves out for work on a Saturday morning. She puts money on the kitchen counter and, you know, one of four brothers has to walk to the store to get a box of cereal mm-hmm. and some milk. And, um, you know, when we woke up or whatnot. And so oftentimes I would be, as I'm the baby, I would be the brother that would, you know, go in the hell. We all like to leave the house. So I would go get the cereal and milk. And I would walk up to a place called Winn-Dixie. And it is so ironic uh, that that spot, Winn-Dixie, that location is the exact spot across the street where I actually hold my events at and feed the homeless. But as I'm walking up there time and time again, you have grown men that are looking at a nine-year-old, 10-year-old boy asking for change. I'm stepping across people who are laying on the side, on on the sidewalk, the walkway of this this, this store, and I have to walk around them, or I'm going to my bus stop to go to school, and here's some homeless guy in the park. And I tell people, always put yourself in their shoes. Now, everybody that's homeless does not choose to be homeless. We have people that are down in the shelters that that, that that are coming from battered relationships when it comes to the women shelter. So they are down there with their kids. So that you got women and their children that are standing in line for hours just to receive a hot meal and, and whatever else that we could provide for them. Mm-hmm. And then you have you have folk that have been living in places, they've lost their jobs, especially during this economic disaster and the pandemic that we've been dealing with. So everybody who's homeless they're not homeless, and I don't think, not homeless of their own, but I don't think anyone would choose to be homeless. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's that type of mindset going into it that has allowed uh, this whole Love Alive charity thing to come together. I was moved to do so way back in 2012, and uh, like I said, we're going on 10 years come January. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congrats on that. And you mentioned right there the, the the time period that we're in right now. Just it's obviously more difficult than ever before for everyone out there, just with the pandemic and the current circumstances, all that other right. stuff. Kind of on the subject of positivity, what is one thing that you would say to people to keep in mind to get through tough times? Again, it it kind of relates back to the charity, but one motivational message that you would tell people: Listen, this is what you got to keep in mind in order to get see the light at the end of the tunnel, type of thing. If that makes sense. Right. Well, and, and and that's kind of what I like to refer to when I uh, give a, a a message of positivity. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's the fact that uh, that light is there. It's somewhere. Right now, you, you appear, we all appear to be in such a, a dark time. And, and, and just like those pilots that are in the air or the captain that's on that ship. But you have to keep your eyes, keep your mindset focused 
focus on that light. There's a light tower, and that light tower represents hope. It represents the direction that that you you need to go in. It's going to guide you. So I always tell people to understand that um, whatever situation that is working right now unfavorably for all of us, which is the pandemic and everything else, understand that uh, this too shall pass. So that's all I like to tell people. Understand Mm -hmm. this too shall pass. Uh, Bad times ain't going to last forever. The sun got to shine. Absolutely, 100%, man, and I love that. So let's talk a little bit about the NWA, too, because like I said, you're the current NWA World Television Champion. Uh, You've been there for a little while now. The NWA kind of relaunched about a year before you started doing work with them. I feel like with with your style and with your promos and everything, you're such a perfect fit for the NWA, and it's great seeing you do your thing on Power Every Week. Uh, How did we not see you in the NWA sooner is my first question for you in regards to that. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Well, Graham, um... That is funny, man. I was sitting back watching. I remember when the first season when Power first kicked off. Yeah. And I was sitting back watching. I had no real desire, per se, to to go to the NWA. Mm -hmm. But when I was watching it, I was like, this, out of all of the wrestling that we were having on television per week, um, I could sit through NWA Power, which was just an hour of your time, if that. That was the only program that I could actually sit and watch 100% all the way through. And I'm talking about even the commercials, Graham. (laughs) Even the commercials were entertaining, and they are. So I just sat, and and, and I found myself becoming, um, you know, I was so entertained and and mesmerized, and and it's, it's wrestling presented the way not that it used to be you know only just used to be but it's presented in my opinion that that in a way that it should be mm-hmm. and so it, it's it, it's an uh uh old school presentation with new school feel and um and, and the guys are able to go out there and just wrestle work tell a story and that podium as you mentioned about the promos and whatnot that is one of the most important parts of power of the nwa and that's what it was then and that reflects even to this day because back then when you stood in front of that podium you were there for a purpose not just to further your story not just to further your character but you were there to sell tickets and to make people want to see what was coming up and so that's why that podium to me man that's that's like the the holy grail of the nwa's in, in my opinion. No, it absolutely is. I completely agree. And like you said, it's something that's unique to them, and it really helps it stand out compared to all the other wrestling out there. And there's a lot of good wrestling shows with all the companies out there currently. Definitely. But, you know, NWA is just so different. And like you said, it's only an hour, and we had the recent pay-per-view uh, back for the attack, which you were part of as well. And it opened up a lot of people's eyes. Obviously, you've been around for a long time, man. And we've seen you on the mic. We've seen you in the ring. You've always been a great talent. Um, is there anyone with your promos that you've modeled your style after? Or is it really just kind of finding your own footing in your own way? Uh, well, uh, uh, talking has never been an issue for Pope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> even, I mean, that's never been an issue. However, again, uh, being in that situation, as you asked on the last question, and I kind of went in the woods, but I always find my way back out, <laughs> uh, sitting at home watching those boys you know, uh, go out there and, and tear it up, it made me, you know, I began 
my mouth began to water. You know, uh, when I got the call from Lagana, uh, or, or uh, yeah, to, to go to Power at the time, mm-hmm. you know, was like, hey man, would you be interested? Hey, you know, let, let's work something out. Like, let's do this. And um, I wasn't going in there to uh, wrestle, and I don't know how it always happened, whether it was with them or the former company, you know, down in um, Orlando mm-hmm. Impact. It's like, okay, we're going to bring you in to talk. Uh, we're gonna okay. We're gonna bring you in the commentary. Okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna bring you in to be somebody else's mouthpiece. Ah, uh, Pope, we want you to wrestle. And so they always kind of get your boy back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they always kind of draw me back into the ring. But uh, onto your next question about inspiration as far as promo delivery and talk, I think it's a, a known fact that I I uh, I, I flare. And, and to a lesser extent, but obviously the end all be all when it comes to me and professional wrestling, Dusty Rose, the mm-hmm. American dream. So um, when I went into my Pope swag, uh, that's really when I, I tapped in to, you know, my my, my, my Dusty, uh, the, someone who drew me into the business. One of the reasons I'm in, I'm in the business. One of the, the, the guys that allowed me to build that confidence while working with him. Imagine being that little kid that I was just telling you about. On Saturday morning, waking up, you going to the store to get that box of cereal and you trying to hurry hurry up to be back home so you can catch NWA Power Hour, you know, yeah. or NWA Worldwide Wrestling at 9.05 Eastern Time in Jacksonville, Florida. And and, and, and now all of a sudden, because this is the guy that I'm watching, I'm watching Dusty Rose. I want to see Dusty. I want to see the horseman. And all of a sudden, I'm working in WWE. And guess who's working hand on hand, hand on hand with me? My 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 my, my producer, my guy. That's anything comes down to Elijah Burke. When it comes to him, I got him. Mm-hmm. You you leave him to me. So uh, yeah. So then I ended up working with Dusty, and it was just a dream come true. Never thought something like that would happen. One of the most amazing things uh, that happened to me when I first got to the WWE. Uh, I'm standing in the hallway. And um, I, I just walked in from outside uh, into the arena. I got my bags, and all of a sudden, I see those orange and brown ostrich uh, boots. Mm-hmm. And I see this figure with these jeans on and and a black shirt. And I say, dear God, here come Dusty. <laughs> and I froze. I froze. I froze. And, all. <laughs> and so... Um, I stood there and I didn't know what I was going to do, but here comes the freaking American dream. And I'm standing there, I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, as he got closer, I go to stick out my hand and shake his hand, and he slaps my hand away, throws his arms around me and pull, you know, his right hand and pull me into him, and he go, boy, put that hand away. I know all about you. Go put your (laughs) stuff up and come back and find me. You and I are going to make a lot of money together. You know, like, I'm like, Wow. You know, so he already knew what was, you know, because he was he was one of the guys that was saying we got to get this guy up here from OVW. So, and I I want I want to handle him, and yeah. he did. Yeah, and and it's been such a crazy journey too, dude. With every place that you've been, and the Elijah Burke of ten plus years ago, and the Pope of today are just two totally different people. Like if you were to put yourself side by side with yourself from even. 12, 13 years ago, you know, people wouldn't even believe it, you know, Uh, you've just come so far, especially in the ring, Mike, it's just an amazing thing, but uh, last couple of questions for you, man, you were doing the commentary thing, as you mentioned, with Impact a couple of years ago, Um, with this, I mean, with with the commentary, was when you were doing that, were you thinking, 
you know, I always want to get back in the ring because you were doing that for a while and you were very entertaining. So at that point, are you thinking to yourself, I got the itch, I want to get back in the ring? Was that ever the end game to be back to being an in-ring competitor for Impact at that point? Uh, no, like like I like I told you, you can blame Tyrus for that. Uh, <laughs> that was that was that was never my end game. Um, yeah. We were just we were talking. I I, I mean. I mean, let, let, let's face it. Uh, let's be real here, okay? Uh, somebody uh, offers you twenty dollars to get someone to cut your yard, uh, to, to cut their yard, and they offer you the same amount of money mm-hmm. for you personally to cut the yard. Yep. Well, what are you going to do, me? If you're gonna offer me twenty dollars, all I gotta do is find somebody for you to cut the yard. Mm. Well, I'm gonna take twenty dollars to find somebody <laughs> for you to cut the yard. Of course, yeah. Let's let's work for me, right? Yeah. So um so um that's that's kind of the scenario um when it came to to commentating. You know, um I, I was we were negotiating uh Pope coming back in and um all of a sudden, Taz ended up leaving, and it opened the door. Uh, I, I did uh, something in in that May. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it was, but I, I called the show with Josh, and we we settled on that deal. And somehow, some way, you know, I, it didn't come full circle, but yeah. they got me back in the ring because Tyrus kept coming and shooting his own, you know, shooting his own angle, and and, <laughs> and always coming bothering me while I'm on commentary, and the people. Jess was going crazy, and they're chatting Popa, you know, at all the shows, and all of a sudden, we got to get you back in the ring, Popa, you know, at least for a one-off or whatever. Yeah. And what did they do? They didn't even reward Tyrus. They gave me the Bobby Lashley, who didn't even need it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. uh, and, 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 and now it's crazy, because here we have Tyrus. He's in the NWA mm-hmm. uh, right now, and um, he's, he's up to his old antics uh, yet again. But to be back in the ring... Um, is is nothing new. I, I I didn't have an itch to get back in the ring because I never stopped being in the ring. Yeah. I know some people, some people are asking, "Oh, Pope's retired. He's edged." No, <laughs> Pope's smart. Yeah. Pope's smart. Yeah. I'm getting paid to sit behind a microphone, which I didn't mind because when you're in this business to learn four or five different traits of the business. And, and, and as a matter of fact, to learn the business in its totality is more uh, rewarding in, in the end for you. It helps you and your longevity in this business, you know, if you want to be in it that long. Pope's not just a commentator. Pope, Pope has commentated. I've managed. I've obviously wrestled. I book my own shows. Mm-hmm. I do my charity events. I got a big event coming up in Jacksonville on Juneteenth, which is June the 19th, mm-hmm. called the Great American Clash. And um, that's going to, you know, I, I, I do it all. Mm-hmm. I, I book. I time. There's nothing in this business that I can't do because I've been a student of the game. I think what people forget is that when you were doing commentary at that point, it almost elongates your career because it's less bumps on the bump mm-hmm. card. You know what I mean? Because you're not getting as physical at that point, so you can wrestle longer. I want it to be Bobby Heenan. Uh, I want it to be, to a greater extent, Macho Man. I'm behind the desk. That buys me time. That uh, uh, prolongs, if you will, like you said, uh, 
my career. You know, I wanted to be the Mr. Perfect, sit behind the microphone and make some appearances here and there, still stay in shape, still be ready if called upon. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. That's just smart. Yeah. I think one of the coolest things, too, after seeing you in action, obviously on Power the last couple of weeks, but when NWA was first brought back for the Back for the Attack pay-per-view um, just last month, I saw a lot of people saying, w w with Pope, they were like, w why isn't he on a bigger platform? Obviously, NWA is great, but for like the last couple of years, like you said, there might be the misconception that you've been retired. You've been killing it this entire time, doing your own thing, making money other ways, commentary, managing, running your own shows, charity work, everything else. Um, that's got to be a compliment when you see something like that, right? Like when people want to see you back in a WWE or an AEW or a Ring of Honor or something like that, right? Yeah, I I I I think it's important. Uh, sometimes I, I I look at some of the guys. Um, I, I recently, first off, let me give a shout out. Uh, no friend of mine, uh, but certainly I have respect for him. Mm -hmm. That was Bram back for the attack. Yep. Uh, when we came back, and you're talking about coming back cold too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, you're talking about a cold open, if you will, <laughs> but. We're, we come back cold, and then I have to face Bram for for the TV championship, and that guy is. I, when I was commentating Impact, I would refer to him as a maniacal nutcase. That was the nickname I gave him, Bram. Mm -hmm. I was always big on Bram, uh, the ability that he has, uh, his style in the ring, but that match right there. Uh, there was not. I, I'll say it. I'm not just going to repeat what other people say. But there was, there was no way anybody could come out and follow that. Mm -hmm. It was just in, in ten minutes, <laughs> in just ten minutes, uh, to go out there and tear the house down with him uh, mm -hmm. was wonderful. But to your question, Pope, you're not on AEW. Pope, you're not in WWE. What's what gives here? Well, a lot of time in those situations, you got to have uh, an end. Mm -hmm. You, you, you got to have an end. Um, you heard some people that referred, uh, not I, but other people have referred to all elite. I've heard this said on social media time to time, all friends wrestling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've heard that. You yeah. know, uh, that's yep. just, you know, you got to have an end. Yep. If somebody, you know, you're cool, but th that's the way it goes. Um, WWE, same thing. You got to have an end or uh, you, you got to become a... Uh, a celebrity in another way mm -hmm. in which WWE sees it and goes, oh, we can capitalize off of it because if you're not coming through their system right now, being that they have the farm system that is NXT uh, and, and you're not a, a former world champion that's coming hot off of another promotion, mm -hmm. then it, the likelihood is, yeah. Sure. It's just there, yeah, so you got you got to have somebody back there mm -hmm. that's saying, "Hey, why? Let's bring this guy. Let's bring. Why don't we have this guy? You know, because let, let's face it, those guys, um, Vince and what well, they, they're not, they're not, you know, Triple H. They're, they're focused on creating their own stars right sure. now, and that's understandable. Yeah, no, for sure. No, that makes sense. Uh, last question for you, man. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot going on. I'll, I'll end it with this. You look at the NWA roster as the current TV champion. You had a match this past week on Power. Going forward, is there anyone from that roster that you look at as a potential matchup and you're thinking, that is a matchup I want to have? Personally, I think you and Nick all this at, one, at some point would there you be go. absolutely fantastic. That's got to be it, right? Is that the answer right there? There you go. That's yeah. that's that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no, there's no other point of me even addressing anything else sure. if i address anyone else then why am i even yep. there 
So, so that, that that's it. Uh, Nick Aldis, um, and um, the ten pounds of gold. That is what I want. Yeah. Um, I never thought no in, in a million years. I never thought, you know, again, watching Dusty, watching Tully, watching Arm, watching Nikita, you know, watching uh, uh, Steamboat, Stone Cold, or Sonny Steve Austin at the time, and the list goes on. Watching them wear that title, and and, and then for me to come get, listen, you know, when I won the title, it was business as usual. But I got back to my hotel room in Los Angeles, California. I opened up my phone for the first time mm-hmm. since when, and and I, my, my messages were so many, my text messages that I, I I kept scrolling and I couldn't even I couldn't respond to them all. So <laughs> I got on social media mm-hmm. and I went to Twitter, and when I opened it, the messages started filling up, and then Twitter sent me a message asking me if they wanted, if I wanted their help. Mm-hmm. Because there were so many messages they wanted to go through and filter because it was like, they thought it was spam. It was <laughs> yeah. so... I, and, and then the, it goes on and on, whether it's Instagram, whether it was social media. So it was business as usual until it became that much more real to me by everybody's support, by everybody's, you know, uh, messages, by everybody's, you know, just uh, people sending me videos, they're crying. And it was like, wow, man. So it was really touching to me. That's it's, it's moments like this. So yes, to go after Nick Aldis, to go after the 10 pounds of gold, uh, gold, that is the end game. And I'm telling you, if Pope steps in the ring, with Nick Aldis, this isn't a promo. This isn't this isn't um, uh, a quote unquote work since yep. everybody's so smart uh, these days. Uh, but I'm just being truthful. If I step in the ring with Nick Aldis, I am winning the NWA ten pounds ago. I will become the the next NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And if if I'm able to do that, um, and 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 accomplish that great goal uh I'll, I'll be i'll be somewhat complete i'm, I'm complete now i'm satisfied now mm-hmm. but to get that oh my gosh that will be that will mean the world yeah for sure well hopefully we get that match soon but not too soon because i would love to see that match in front of a crowd because i think that in front of like oh, the yes. NWA audience would be Definitely. electric you know especially with how long all this has held that championship so hopefully soon not soon enough but we'll see at some point in 2021 that would be a fantastic yeah. match but Pope, this has been awesome, man. Before we wind down, a couple different things I want you to mention real mm-hmm. quick. You mentioned your event on Juneteenth. Uh, where can people find out more about that? Guys, you can head over to love-live.org. It will be, uh, it should be on there, obviously. You can go to my uh, page on Facebook, Elijah Burke, uh, as well as Elijah Burke. Uh, aka the Pope over on Facebook and then you can check out the charities page which is the Love Alive charity which is promoted on there and I'll continually uh, be updating you guys whether it's on Twitter at the Black Pope where you can follow me of course as well as on Instagram at the Black Pope and that's D-A D is in dog A <laughs> Black Pope people say well why are you the Black Pope well I am the Black Pope because I'm the first of my kind mm-hmm. there ain't never been one <laughs> so that that's makes, why <laughs> makes perfect sense 
<laughs> right. So 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 there you go, Graham. You um you you've been great, man. You are absolutely uh, uh, a journalist. If I should say so, oh, thanks, man. and um, it, it's been it's been a true honor, um, and, and a pleasure I should say to sit here and um, uh, answer those questions. I, I know I wish we had more time to, to to go on, and hopefully we can do it again, man. But yeah, man. um, to be here on WrestleRant Radio, ah, man. Pope feels like ranting, and you ain't gave me nothing to rant about yet, Daddy. <laughs> but maybe next time, Pope will start his little rant because there's a lot of stuff we can talk about. By the way, look at me taking over now. By the way, that's Pope for you, Darren Young. I forgot to mention him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, here's a guy that's a, 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 a thoroughbred, if you will. Darren Young is is you can't ask for a better wrestler. Yep. You know, he has all grounds covered. You know, and um, I was talking to him, and I, and he has his own podcast, and he shared this time and time again. He he reached out over to AEW. Why is it a guy like Darren Young, you know, on the major platform? Mm-hmm. He reached out to AEW twice, and he's been denied twice. Yeah, well, any, so yeah. that that type of stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Anything can change in the matter of months, man. Like a year ago, if you had told me that you and and Darren Fred Ross would be fighting for the NWA World TV title, I probably wouldn't have believed you. You know what I mean? So it's it's a crazy world we live in. These matches that that wouldn't have been possible a year, two years, five years ago, we're now getting in various promotions. So it's a great time to be a fan. It's a great time to be a fan of the NWA. Uh, People can catch you on Tuesdays on NWA Power on Fight TV. You mentioned it before, your charity love-alive.org backslash donate. Um, That's where people can go donate to the charity and find you on social media as well. Pope, this has been awesome, man. Like I said, longtime fan. Been trying to make this work for a while, so I appreciate your time more over than anything else. Thank you so much, Graham. Thanks again to Pope for the time. We just barely scratched the surface there, but what we had was a great conversation. So you can check him out on the Twitter machine, on NWA, every Tuesday on Fight TV. Among many other platforms, is charity work as well as we discussed. But at this time, let's welcome on Mr. Marceau to help me break down Raw, NXT, and Dynamite from this past week. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing good, GSM. How are you? Doing great. Now, I did say this on last week's show, that we finished recording around the same time last week, early Thursday afternoon. Literally within hours of us finishing recording, we had 10 releases. Now, I gave my full thoughts because I put up the show after the fact, so I already gave my full analysis, but I want to get your analysis on each of these releases here. We don't have to go one by one, but real quickly, the list does consist of Wesley Blake, Bo Dallas, Mojo Raleigh, Kalisto, Tucker, Chelsea Green, Mickey James, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, and obviously the most surprising of the bunch, that being Samoa Joe. So again, I've already given my two cents. What are yours, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, I mean, I think most of these, most of these weren't too surprising, like your Bo Dallas is your Mojo Rawleys. I mean, I honestly forgot Bo, Bo Dallas was even employed with the company. I think WWE forgot he was employed with the company as well. I mean, haven't seen the guy in forever. I, I think probably when the B team was still around was the last time. I don't even know when that was. Yeah, he hasn't uh, wrestled in a year and a half. So he, he was probably in that GTG contract where they didn't know he was on the payroll until someone reminded them. Yeah, it was like the Iron Sheet back in WCW. They forgot he was employed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, those weren't surprising. Like Tucker, same, not surprising. I mean, if, if anything, it's surprising just because like they literally broke up heavy machinery early on last year and then did nothing with the guy. So that sucks. I mean, they didn't really need to break them up. They weren't the greatest, but, I mean, the tag team vision has legit no one. So I don't know why they broke them up, but it is what it is. Um, Mickey James was a little surprising, I felt like. I felt like 
they were teasing online her and Chelsea Green, and then Chelsea Green got released as well as a mm-hmm. tag team, which I honestly think she probably got the worst shake out of everyone else. I mean, she really never had her chance. or never had a legitimate run. They just brought her on SmackDown that one match. She did pretty well. She got hurt. She was clear to come back, and I never saw her again. So, I mean, that, that, that sucked. And, I mean, Joe, I mean, I feel like it has to be some kind of, like, either concussion or injury issues. I just, I don't know why else they would release him. I mean, he's been commentary for the last uh, year or so. So, that was pretty surprising as well. But if he's not clear to compete and they don't see him, I guess, if he wants to actually wrestle, maybe they granted him his release just so he can go wrestle somewhere else. But, I mean, besides that, I loved him as a commentator. Commentator. Love the whenever Drew did the Glasgow kiss and he would just go, Go give us a kiss. <laughs> Love the little ABL of the ball game or the Audubon's cannonball for uh, Kevin on. So yep. definitely stat for, for Drew matches, but um, some surprises, some people I wasn't too too surprised about. Also the iconics, I mean, I, I was a big Payton fan. I thought she could have been great on her own once they split them up, but they literally did nothing with either of them. At least Billy Kay was on TV, I guess. Also, Payne had that one off against Oscar as well. So, I think they both can do well on their own. Maybe they'll just team up or go to a company together, and they'll just kind of do their own thing. But I was very surprised that they got released as well. I thought Vince was high on Payton, though. That's what I heard. I mean, he's high on them for a day, and then he he gets over them. Guy changes his mind more than the weather, but... um. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I already talked about all of these, but yeah, with Chelsea Green, I'm honestly most surprised, Samoa Joe is the most surprising, with Chelsea would be the second, just because she never really got a run, uh, she was in NXT for a cup of coffee, the amazing thing is that she's actually been under contract, a lot of people probably don't know this, she's been with that company, or had been with that company for over two years, like, she was there for close to two and a half years, she signed in late 2018, right after All In, she was at All In, actually, she wrestled at All In, um, that was already after she left uh, Impact Wrestling, Went to WWE, took them about a year, over a year, for them to finally debut her on the regular NXT show, even though by that point she was ready. I'll never sit here and say she was the greatest in-ring wrestler, because she's not, but she's a very good character, and I thought she definitely had a future ahead of her, especially now. You talk about tag teams with Tucker and how that made no sense to break them up. With the women's division, um, it's another case where they need more women. So why would you get rid of someone that you have a lot of fresh feuds that you can use for? You know what I mean? Yeah, it didn't really make much sense. I, I honestly thought, like you said, she's, I wouldn't say she's the greatest wrestler ever, but even when we saw her in main event those few times when they called her up and on Raw, I mean, she was good enough that, I mean, she's. I would say she's as good as like a Carmella or Alexa Bliss. I mean, I think she could have been a new player that they could have pushed and gave us something new besides Charlotte and Asuka or like Sasha and Bayley. I mean, I think she's good enough that they could have pushed her um, and she could have been a decent or a decent player in the women's division, like I said, like a Carmella did when she had her brief title run, or just like just someone different. I mean, I think they dropped the ball on her. I thought she was decent enough that they could have done that, but clearly they didn't see uh, see that in her. Or they could have just done her and Mickey as a tag team because the women's tag team division needs help, even though it's horrible. Yeah, no, I mean she was she did that interview with Fightful a few days ago. I haven't watched it, but apparently in that interview she talked about how you know going off the Twitter stuff that you mentioned that. She was going to be like the Mickey James to Mickey James. What Mickey was to Trish, she was going to be that to Mickey. And I think that's an amazing idea, actually, 15 years later. It's actually actually a really, really cool idea. And Chelsea, I think, can play that crazy girl character well uh, based off her time in Impact. So I, I was very surprised by that with Joe. I think it came out the next day. I forgot what the source was. It might have been Fightful or PW Insider. I don't remember. It was a pretty credible source that had reported that... Um, 
he wanted to wrestle. He expressed interest to wrestle, and they said no. So it's probably it's it has to be a case of them just letting him go, right? Like it it can't be a case of them not seeing a role for him on the show and willingly letting him go to another company because that to me makes absolutely no sense. No, it seems like I mean obviously I don't know what the situation is, but it seems like a Daniel Bryan kind of if he's had the I mean he has been injured a lot lately, so maybe that's a a liability thing. They don't want him to get hurt on their watch, and clearly he's not. He's not cleared, so they're just going to keep him uh, as a commentator, like just like Brian was, uh, kind of like the authority figure. But I mean, if he wants to wrestle, and someone will clear him, and I mean, that's fine for them. But I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna let him wrestle if they don't think he's clear to compete. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, but I think he can be a very valuable asset to another company. Uh, let's kind of talk about it right now. I didn't really get into it last week, but with each of these people. Where do you see him going with a Samoa Joe? Do you think AEW is the obvious destination? Obviously, he has history with Impact, Ring of Honor. And although I, I enjoy both promotions a lot, I think he's got to go to the biggest platform possible, and I think that has to be AEW. I know we talk all the time about, like, oh, they shouldn't sign everyone, and I completely agree with that still. Honestly, I think of everyone in this group, I don't really want to see anyone in AEW aside from him. I think all the other people, which I'll we'll get to in a moment, can be elsewhere or in another promotion or whatever. Um, Samoa Joe, I think, is tailor made for an AEW. Um, I mean, I think he, I think he could be. I just, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like, if you bring him the AEW, just kind of they already have a ton of guys they're not using anyway. So it's kind of like they'd boggle down more people. So I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but I also don't think it would be the greatest interest for them. Maybe not right now. Maybe down the line somewhere. Maybe you can go to like ROH or Impact or somewhere in like the interim, and then. For AEW, I think right now there's just so many big players that they're not even really using correctly. So I would keep him away from AEW for. I mean, I think he's, they all have six months no compete. So I, I would keep him away a little bit longer. But I mean, obviously, if he wants to wrestle on the biggest stage, that's where it'd be at this point. Besides WWE, um, I mean, some of the women. I I, I mean, Impact's kind of the easy answer, but I think some of them could go to AEW. Their women's division's not the greatest, so. Either, either like a Chelsea Green or Payne or, I mean, Payne's husband works at AEW, so mm-hmm. her going to work for them, I think she has a breakout potential, and I mean, if they give her the chance, I think she could she could run a women's division if, if they give her the right chance. Like I said, I don't think she's the greatest wrestler, but I think she, she, has the, she has the tools to be good to great, so that's where I'd have her go, but uh, Mickey James would be a good veteran there as well. Um, she could go back to Impact as well. She did have a decent run in Impact as well, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I think Joe E.W., everyone else, I mean, all those other guys, I, I don't even know where you'd put them. Yeah, Tucker, Mojo, Bo, Wesley, I have no clue. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think Bo Dallas will continue to wrestle. If we haven't seen him in a year and a half, obviously that wasn't his choice, but it sounds like he has like his own real estate business or something like that, so it sounds like he's probably done with the business. Um, <clears throat> Wesley Blake, maybe he'll reunite with Cutler somewhere else. Um, Kalisto, I think, is probably the best of that group. That tier of competitors, because he's great. <clears throat> Would you want to see him anywhere specifically? Um, I mean, I guess you go to like Ring of Honor or something. I don't know. I don't really watch anything outside. I don't really know where he'd play some. Mm-hmm. But he's good enough. I mean, he's another guy they kind of dropped the ball with. I think he did botch a decent amount of times, but not enough. Like he wasn't like Sin Cara, original Sin Cara bad. But I mean, I just feel like once they he had that little run, they just kind of lost interest in him, put him in the Lucha House party, and then the rest is history. So. I mean, I think he could be a valuable asset for someone. I just they just lost 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 interest in him pretty quickly, and then he did nothing after that. 
Yeah, I just always found him to be extremely underrated. I mean, obviously, again, he had his fair share of botches, and they gave him the U.S. title run for like a day or two, like, a, you know, a couple of months. But by that point, once it was over, it was over. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see um, where all these people wind up in due time. I think Mickey James, for one, can go to the NWA. Her husband obviously runs the place in Nick Aldis, so I could see that as well. But uh, very curious to see where all these people wind up in the next 90 days. Um, another news and note from last week that uh, would, that happened after we recorded, but that being Pat McAfee announced for the SmackDown commentary team um, as Adon or Edon, I forgot how you pronounce his name exactly, uh, the Verk fellow from Monday Night Raw. He's a new play-by-play on Raw. Pat McAfee is the new color commentator on SmackDown alongside Michael Cole. What were your initial impressions of McAfee on commentary, and are you a fan of the move? Yeah, I, th- I think he's great. I think he brings a different audience in as well. Um, he's coming from the sports world and I just think he's charismatic enough that he can just flourish in a role like that playing, doing play by, uh, doing like color for WWE. He's clearly a fan with, with his matches on NXT. Honestly, I'd have him wrestle a little bit too, if they could. I mean, his one match was great. I think he's a great heel and I think he's a great speaker. So putting him on, on play by play or color is great for, for SmackDown. Not a big fan of the Mr. Burke, but, uh, I think in due time, I think they kind of. I don't want to say they give him a raw deal, but, I mean, they just throw him right on raw. I mean, I think he needs some seasoning. He could have used it maybe a couple couple weeks on main event or 205 Live just kind of get the WWE verbiage down or just kind of kind of get a little bit more familiar. It just seemed like he really didn't know what was going on. But I think over due time, he'll be fine. He'll be like a Tom Phillips. I mean, I feel like all the guys are all the same. They're like mini Michael Cole, so yeah. we'll see. But, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, Adnan, I think is how you pronounce his name, actually, because it's A-D-N-A-N, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I thought he was, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dying over here. I thought he was better on Raw this week. Um, I thought he did a good job. I thought it was actually a better show than last week, but obviously when you look at the show, that's not saying much at all. Yeah, Raw this week was, like, fine for what it was, but they're just it's like it feels like they're just in repeat city, and yeah. I feel like that's what's been bogging down Raw a lot lately, so... It was fine for what it was, but it wasn't anything anything to know, I would say. I mean, let's go through it here. T-Bar and Mace challenged McIntyre to another 2-on-1 handicap match after we saw one last week with Priest, Miz, and Morrison. Um, McIntyre won by DQ, enters Strowman. They get DQ'd because McIntyre's kicking too much ass, so T-Bar and Mace win. A complete nothing development. Bobby Lashley was not on the show this week. We saw MVP, who denied any involvement in the attack on McIntyre from T-Bar and Mace last week. No Lashley. The only thing really worth noting about this is that T-Bar and Mace are now unmasked. We may have talked about this last week, maybe a little bit, probably not. I don't remember talking about it with you. Do you think that he has any real, or both of them actually, T-Bar and Mace, the former uh, Dio Madden and um, Dominic Dijakovic, do you think now that they have the masks off that these guys can be rehabbed, or is it are they damaged goods by this point? They're damaged goods at this point. I mean, I like taking the masks off them, but, I mean... If anything, you got to put a mask on them if they were booked like shit. If anything, if they were unmasked and they were terrible, throw a mask on them maybe. Pull the cane effect, throw a mask on them, cover their all their whole body, uh, get that stench out away. But, I mean, I think these guys are doomed unless they go down and you don't see them for about a year or two. But, yeah, I, I think they're just, unfortunately, just damaged goods at this point. Another development from Raw, Charlotte Flair getting suspended after attacking a referee in the main event of Raw after she lost to Asuka. <clears throat> apparently she has to have dental work done. I think that was what the report was from WrestleTalk, so um, she might be out for a little while. But what were your thoughts on the progression of that program between Charlotte, Asuka, and Rhea with Asuka beating Charlotte in the main event of Raw this week? 
I think it's nice. I, I think Charlotte, we've discussed this multiple times, just like Sasha, I just think they're way better fit, uh, heels and baby faces. So her kind of being like a, like a, a real bitchy heel and just like a very violent or aggressive heel is kind of better than her being like a baby face that no one likes. So I definitely like that. I mean, Asuka, I mean, I think she needs, they need to rehab her character a lot. I mean, the blabbering Japanese just, it just isn't for me. I don't think it's for a lot of people. Like, Bring us the old badass Asuka from NXT, and then maybe people will care again. But they're going to keep her as a face. And like I said, just doing like gibberish Japanese just because Vince thinks it's funny. I, I, I don't see her going anywhere anytime soon. Well, on the subject of the women's division, we found out yesterday Ronda Rousey is indeed pregnant. Four months pregnant, actually. So congrats to her on that. Obviously ruling out a return for the foreseeable future, if not at all. Um, before we get to even Becky Lynch, who was reportedly... In line to return to WrestleMania, they were preparing for it. They didn't pull the trigger on it. Before we get to Becky, do you think Ronda Rousey is done with the WWE? I mean, at this point, if she's getting pregnant now, she'll, she won't have the child until later on this year, September. Um, she's not going to come back immediately. By that point, it's going to be three years if she were to come back in 2022. Do you think that there's any chance we see Ronda Rousey in a WWE ring again, or is that phase of her career behind her at this point? It's a tough one. Um, I would have said that she would have been back. If you asked me a week ago before we found out she was pregnant, I figured she was on her way back soon, fans or no fans. But with this new development, I'm thinking that she's probably done. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely, I don't know if I would say she's done, done, but I mean, definitely uh, put some fogginess on that. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say she's done because I think she, she was decent when they had her, but. I think I gotta go when she's done, GSM. I think she can come back for like one more maybe Mania match or maybe a Mania program with Becky, but I think her days is like a full-timer. I mean, granted, she was only around for a little over a year the last time, but I think her days as a full-timer are definitely behind her, in my opinion. I completely agree. What about Becky, though? I mean, again, it, it seemed like, per reports, they were preparing for a return for Becky at Mania. Um, I'm not... I mean, obviously, she... Uh, Gave birth only a couple of months ago, and I always thought it was too soon. I don't think we're going to see Becky for the remainder of the year. I said that initially. I'm going to kind of stand by that, just because I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to change my stance on that. But it sounds like they were on the verge of bringing her back for Mania. Now I know she teased it. That doesn't really mean anything. She teases a lot of things, and uh, it's, it's just that. It's just like a, you know, a joke or whatever, just to make people think she's coming back, but she's not. So uh, what about Becky? Do you think she will be back at some point in the near future, or do you think it's going to be a while before we see her again? Um, I mean, I think she could come back around SummerSlam. I mean, it looks like she's in shape. I mean, looks like she's lost basically all her baby weight and kind of that body type. So, I mean, if she's going to make a return to the ring, I mean, I think SummerSlam, if you had the belt on Bianca on SmackDown and she's kind of beating everyone, you could have Becky come back and maybe put her over and kind of wind down Becky's in-ring career. But, I mean, if not, that's I think that's sort of the perfect time to have her come back. If you have Bianca kind of run through SmackDown, no one can beat her, going into SummerSlam, she kind of doesn't have anyone to beat her, face her, you have Becky come back, I mean, I, I think that you could do that, that'd be interesting. I mean, I would say, I mean, it, as awesome as it would be to have Becky back, you gotta agree, right, that we have the Raw, we have the division, we have the women to make this division work, but I just don't think they're utilizing everyone that they can. I think getting rid of people like Chelsea, Mickey, Billy, and Peyton aren't exactly helping matters, but like, I don't love the notion that we need someone back. I'm not saying you're saying this, but I've just seen people say this. Um, I, I don't think we need more women back. I think they could utilize who they have to make these divisions more interesting. 
Yeah, they do, but I just don't have the faith in them to do it. So that's why I kind of go back to the well like they normally do. I just, I mean, if they really would have pushed these people, they would have done it already. And I just, I just don't have the faith in them to do it. I think just like a lot of people, they just go back to what they know. And WWE knows that Becky's a draw. And if they bring her back, people will care. So, I mean, that's kind of why I go to it. It's not like I'm just like, oh, come back, like push yeah. back your thoughts. It's more the fact that I know how they work and it's a known commodity. So why would they? They just, I just feel like they, like, I like everyone, like, who else in SmackDown, like, who are they going to push? Like, Carmella? Like, no, thank you. I mean, Natalia, no, thank you. Tamina, no. I mean, Bailey, been there, done that. I just, I mean, I just feel like there isn't really anyone on SmackDown right now. I mean, if they called, like, an EO up or something from NXT, okay, but I feel like everyone they already have, they've kind of already tested the water and none of them have really stuck. Yeah, we'll see. I think a call-up could help. They, they have so much talent in that NXT women's division, I think they can afford to lose a woman or two, so we'll see. I mean, that's even after they already called up Rhea, but I think the, I think the divisions could benefit from bringing up another woman or two. Um, but again, I, I still say they have the talent there, at least on Raw. SmackDown, I think they need the call-ups, and then they could use like an Io Shirai on SmackDown. On Raw, they have Asuka Ripley. Charlotte is coming. You know, she's in, she's out, she's got all this other stuff going on, but... She'll be around full-time at some point. Um, you had Peyton there for a little while. You have Shayna Baszler, but she is the absolute biggest loser, I think, of anyone on any show right now. She loses every single fucking time I see her in action. Yeah, I love Shayna, but they've done her wrong since being called up. I mean, now hindsight looking at it, she should have been the one to beat Becky. I mean, I, I remember at the time I was like, no, Becky's retained, but I also didn't know she was going to leave and she was getting pregnant. So maybe, maybe that's not why I was, I was so against it, but I mean, Giving it to Oscar, and I mean her reign was long, but very unforget, like very forgettable, forgettable, and didn't really do much for the division. Raw just kind of was stale all year round. So, I mean, I just I think Shayna, I think she's still obviously being a champion. It still kind of keeps her at the at the spotlight. Obviously, she does lose a lot, but I don't think she's ruined yet. Um, but now looking at it, they definitely should have put the belt on her at Mania WrestleMania thirty six. She could have had a great run. I mean, I don't know really know how to... Like, even though it would have been her, I just... I mean, Charlotte was gone all year or at the end of the year. They did the whole Sasha Bailey shit. I mean, I don't know what you really would have done with her. Maybe, like you said, the Paytons or Mickey Jameses, but I don't know. I just don't really know. I think the division last year just were missing a lot of big-time players, and Oscar's reign kind of felt like that and never really went anywhere. Never really recovered, yeah. So, well, hopefully Ripley has better luck as the Raw Women's Champion. They book her a bit better, and she's more of a focal point. You know, she wasn't in the main event last night or on this past week on Monday night, um, but she was a part of it. So, hopefully that means that she'll be more of a focal point than Asuka was when she was the champion. Um, one more big note from Raw this week. Riddle beating Randy Orton. Now, we were supposed to get Orton and Braun Strowman one-on-one because they were involved in the triple threat from last week, the number one contender's triple threat. Uh, Orton got pinned there, but they were supposed to have a match this week on Raw. It got canceled the day of for whatever reason, uh, likely due to rewrites for the show. They never explained why it was off, why it was canceled. And then we got Riddle and Orton instead, and Riddle wins. He actually picked up a clean win over Orton, which was cool to see. Uh, the character is just a complete goof, but you know they're trying, I guess, to build him up. I'm not exactly sure. It's a weird case with Riddle because they have him go in there and get his ass kicked by a Bobby Lashley. And then the next week he beats Randy Orton, so I have I, I think they have no idea what they're doing with Riddle right now in terms of like in in terms of pure consistency. 
Well, yeah, we. this is like a running joke at this point. We keep saying every week we like him as a wrestler. I think he has great matches, but his character is just a goofball. So it's like, how can you really care about the guy at the end of the day? I think he has good matches, and I think he's done a lot. I think he's done well for himself on the main roster in ring-wise. I, I mean, wasn't his biggest fan in, in NXT, but I, I, I think in ring-wise he's been really good on Raw. I just think he's just a goofball, and he's got the – the, the doves coming out of his ass in his entrance. He's riding around the scooter, like being a goofball backstage. But in the ring, he can go. And like you said, he's getting his ass kicked, but he actually is putting on great matches. So I don't really know what they're doing with him. I think in ring wise, he's been great, but I mean, his character's been horrible. It's been fucking awful, dude. The material that he has, and I don't know if it's a him thing or a WWE thing or a mix of both. It's just pure bad. It's just pure terrible. So. I don't know. I, I don't know if they can try to rehab him with wins like this. or And Orton's another guy. He just beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, and now he's just he's lost two weeks in a row. I'm not advocating for Orton wins, but he's another guy where they feel like they just don't... Uh, it feels like with a lot of these people, we got the culmination of a lot of storylines at WrestleMania, and they have no idea what to do with 75% of the roster coming out of the pay-per-view. Well, yeah, Raw just seems like it's just a cluster at this point. Like you said, Bobby wasn't on the show this week. Riddle loses the belt, but he's been winning since. I mean, Sheamus doing open challenge against fucking Humberto Carrillo. They did uh, Viking Raiders and hit the old Hurt Business again. I don't know. Rob's just kind of weird. Alexa's doing her little doll thing, which, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know if I even have a comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird, but it is what it is, I guess. But I like yeah. the Alexa Bliss stuff personally. I, I like the new character. Yeah, I like that she's it. Doing. Just, I don't know. If, is it going to go anywhere? She's going to fucking wrestle. I mean, I think so. Be, yeah. Well, get 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 to that. Give me more of her wrestling than the than her and a doll that they like photoed into a picture like thirty years ago. So, <laughs> I just, yeah, that was weird. I want to see her wrestle. I don't need to see her do like spooky segments backstage every week, like. Like the fiend. Yeah, no, I understand. I think at some point she will. I don't know what you do with Bray Wyatt. I think that's, I don't know. I mean, the guy lost to WrestleMania, and he's another one where they had him lose, and they just have no plan for anyone coming out of the pay-per-view, so it feels like he's fucked. But you talk about people not on the show. No AJ, no Moss for the second straight week. <laughs> I honestly forgot. Yeah, weird, huh? <laughs> like you said, maybe they're just going to build the Viking Raiders up every week by beating the old Hurt Business, and then they'll just face them randomly. It, it's got to be a COVID thing, right? I mean, there's no way they leave off the Raw Tag Team Champions. I mean, if it's not, not only are they the Raw Tag Team Champions, it's AJ Styles. I mean, how do you leave him off the show unless there's an injury or a COVID thing there? Yeah, it could be. I mean, I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen any reports or anything like that. But, I mean, it's possible. I mean, that's kind of the only good reason that they could use on why they're not on the show. Yeah, it was weird because they were at WrestleMania one night. Was it night one? I think it was night one. And then they were, you know, they they weren't there two days later. So, I'm not sure what, what would have changed within two days. But anyway, we'll get to NXT before we get to Dynamite from this past week. I thought it was. Uh, I thought both shows this week were very good. The rating was up for NXT, um, a little bit up, like to the upper 800,000s, I think. Um, Dynamite, we'll talk about the rating there. For this week, we don't know as of this recording, but last week we do now, which we'll talk about momentarily. Um, but NXT, I thought their second show on Tuesday nights was a good one. We had the debut of uh, Sarai, I think it is. Sarai or Sarai? I think it's... Is it Sarai? I think it's Sarai. But... I think, I'm not sure. I think it might be Sarai. Tomato, I see tomato. What's the difference? I'm not sure, but the uh, latest acquisition of the NXT Women's Division roster did very well. Um, Kyle O'Reilly and Cameron Grimes in the main event. Kushida's open challenge answered by Oni Lorcan in what was a fun match. 
Um, yeah, LA Knight beating Dexter Loomis. I thought it was uh, not a very newsworthy show, aside from the in-ring debut of Sarai. Um, but I thought it was a good show overall. No, I, I completely agree. I thought the show itself was good. Nothing too newsworthy. I thought all the matches were good to great. Um, they did announce a few matches for next week, which is great. Um, then you start doing that more. It's I, I agree. More. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought the show was good. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but nothing like raw bad. So I thought it was a good show. And I mean, nothing. You can't really complain. It was just a good show. Yeah, so we also had a backstage segment that I forgot to mention, too, with Io Shirai and Frankie Monet. So seemingly setting up a match between those two, and Shirai said she was taking a break, so she might be gone for a few weeks or a month or whatever. Um, do you see her being main roster bound? I think we talked a little bit about this last week, but it feels like this might be the Rhea Ripley treatment where she sticks around for a while by having another feud or two, like whether Raquel Gonzalez puts over Frankie Monet, and then she's on her way to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, that's what I would do. Um... I, like you said, we were discussing, I think she'd be used better on SmackDown. They could use her a little bit. I feel like they just have a lot of older players on SmackDown that we've kind of seen in the title picture that aren't really doing anything of note right now. So calling her up on SmackDown would be what I would do. So maybe have her do this little program with Frankie Monet, uh, put her over, and then head up to the main roster. Are we headed to Kyle O'Reilly and Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship? Seems like that's where we're going. And I, I said, hey, take my pesos. <laughs> That would be great. What about Finn Balor? Do you think Do you think he goes back to Raw? Because we didn't see him the last two weeks. Do you think he goes to NXT UK and faces Walter? Because I feel like before you bring him back to Raw or SmackDown, inevitably, you got to do that match first. Yeah, I'm not sure what you do with him. I mean, I would do the match with Walter first, then go up to the main roster, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that was pretty much it from the show. I really don't think there's anything else to talk about, so we'll get to Dynamite. Uh, let's talk about the rating real quick from, from last week. I thought NXT did a very good number for its first net on Tuesdays. They actually improved upon that for this week, or, yeah, for this past week, which was good. Dynamite blew away everyone's expectations with 1.2 million viewers for last week's show. Um, this week, obviously, again, this is going to be of after the fact, but as of this recording, we don't know yet. We don't yet know. But what were your initial reactions to uh, finding out that Dynamite did uh, 1.2 million viewers last week? No, I was, I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was too surprised. I mean, coming off first week on the pose, they had Mike Tyson on the show. Um, I, I was, I wasn't too surprised. That was a good number, though. Um, I'm more interested to see what the number is this week. I think the number might go down a decent amount this week, just because maybe. I mean. Honestly, I totally forgot NXT was switching to Tuesday night. So, I mean, there's probably a decent amount of people that thought NXT was on, realized it wasn't, turned on AEW. So, I mean, I, I think they might crack a million still, but after Nova Tyson and kind of like I said, the first week, we'll see what happens. I just, I don't know, it seems like they usually pull big numbers when they have those big celebrities on, and then the next week they usually peter down. So, we'll see what happens. Um, but, I mean, it's a great start at least. I mean, it's a big number. They just need to kind of capitalize on it and keep keep it going. We talked about this a few weeks ago when NXT was moving to Tuesdays, and we both said probably not. But do you, has your opinion changed in that? Do you think Dynamite will do over a million viewers um, every week as a weekly thing, or do you think it was a one or two week thing? I think it's a one or two week thing. I mean, like I said, I think I think there's a decent amount of people that were just checking in because of Tyson. Um, a decent amount of people that, like I said, I was one of those people that forgot NXT was even on, so they. They're watching TV, NXT's not on, they just pop on Dynamite. I mean, there's plenty of people that may, might have just checked it out just because it was unopposed, but, I mean, there's plenty of people that don't like AEW that just only watch NXT and vice versa, so we'll see what happens, but like I said, I think the Tyson and kind of the first week was kind of the biggest reason for that big number, but we'll see today. 
Yeah, we'll see today, and I hope I'm wrong. I don't. I still don't think they'll do over a million viewers weekly, but I would love to be wrong. They stacked the show up with two title matches. We had another Christian Cage match, a pinnacle interview with Jim Ross. I really thought this was a great show. The Billy Gunn QT Marshall match notwithstanding, which was a complete waste of time. I thoroughly enjoyed this show overall, um, but the highlight had to have been that MJF promo. That was one of the best promos I've heard him cut in some time. Yeah, I mean, I texted you last night. I was, I was watching on tape delay, and I mean... Wow. I mean, <laughs> talk about a promo. I mean, I haven't heard one a promo that good in, in a long time. I mean, he just, the way his, he, his, his cadence, the way he talks, the way he just, his facials, his, the way he just, everything was just perfect. Even Wardlow, I mean, even, I thought Wardlow even cut a pretty good promo, um, which he's not known for. But, I mean, MJF, I, I just, it was it was great. I mean, I immediately texted right after. I was like, Jesus Christ, that was really good. I mean, I think that was the highlight of the show. I mean, I thought most of the matches were pretty good, but I mean, I mean, that's what I came out after after the show. I mean, that promo was ridiculous. Yeah, that was a great promo, and it got me more hype for this. Um, you know, this War Games Blood and Guts match coming. Uh, this Blood and Guts match coming up in two weeks than anything else they've done so far. And honestly, I think the feud's been very well. Constructed, I think they've done a, gr- a great job of furthering the feud, giving me a reason to care about it. The brawl a couple of weeks ago felt like the culmination of it, right? Because Inner Circle gave them their comeuppance. But other than that, the promos have been very good. Jericho's promo last night was not his best work at all. I thought it was still pretty good overall. Um, but I thought a few weeks ago was his better promo. But so far, the feuds exceeded my expectations. As far as the match is concerned, though, we were talking about this before we went live. They made a passing comment on the show last night on Dynamite saying that it will be a one-match show. Will be the Blood and Guts match on the May 5th edition of Dynamite in two weeks. Yay or nay on that one? Because for me, it's a nay. Uh, yeah, I'm a big nay on that. I, I just... A one-hour show I can understand because they've done that with NXT before. I think a, I think a two-hour show devoted to one match is just completely ridiculous. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean... I don't want to watch a two-hour match. I mean, the one-hour matches sometimes can get brutal. I mean, I'm, I'm not, if it's just that match, I'm out on it. I'm, I, I couldn't be more against it. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they meant that it was, like, the biggest match on the show and that's the only thing they have to advertise. But I hope I'm wrong on that one because there's just... There's no reason. There's no reason for that to be the whole show because there's just... Uh, there's not enough... There's not enough there. Even if the match is an hour and you have an hour of bullshit, like, it just... Not a fan of that. So we'll see where they go with it from there. Uh, what were your thoughts on the main event? Jungle Boy in Darby Allen TNT title. I thought it was a great match. Not a big fan of the whole post-match shenanigans that we see every fucking week, but I thought the match itself was very good, though. No, the match was good. Um, I mean, the only nitpick I had was I hate when they do babyface versus babyface. Just don't really know who to cheer for. It's like, why would you want to see these two guys wrestle? Um, but no, I thought the match itself was good. The fighting off with Sting and... And the Luchasaurus was was amazing. Love the afterbirth, like every match. I mean, you got to get an angle on there. It's easier to book um, matches when you know they just have a big brawl and Tony Khan can just say, "Next week we're going to do this." I mean, it's just a lot easier for him. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I don't know how people think it's good. It's just it's just lazy, shitty booking, if you ask me. But I mean, I'm not running the company, but we'll see what happens. I mean, does anyone care about Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky as a team? Probably not. I don't either. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just is what it is. I just I hate the the aftermath shenanigans. It just like I said, it just so he can say next week we're gonna do this. Like the same with the Cajun. Oh, next week it's gonna be Brian Cage and Hangman. Like where the hell's Hangman's fucking title shot? He's been number one. He's been undefeated all year. 
Well, you only bring up the power rankings. I'm surprised we haven't learned this yet, but you only bring up the power rankings when it's convenient for you. It's it's convenient with the women's matches. Like, you, you sent me this over text, and I completely agree. You bring it up with the women's matches, the women's division, and that's great, but you can't really implement it, apparently, when it comes to the men. If, if Hangman doesn't get the title shot at double or nothing, which he should in any way, they gotta hold off on that, then none of this makes any sense, because they're clearly just wasting time at this point. Well, yeah, but just like... I don't know. I and I love Team Taz. Love Team Big Team Taz guy. But they are literally like the definition of losers. They haven't won a match that matters, and I don't think they, they haven't won a match that matters since they formed. I can't think of a single one. I know they beat Cody and um, Darby in like that tag team match on the night that Sting debuted, but that was four months ago. I mean, honestly, dude, they lost the Revolution. Ricky lost on this show. Will Hobbs lost to Christian. Uh, Brian Cage is facing Adam Hangman. Page next week. Yeah, Hangman next week, and he's probably losing that, right? So what what do you do with Hangman at double or nothing? I don't think it should be Omega and Page just yet. So do you have an idea for I think they should have saved Cage and uh I think they should have saved Cage and Page, the other Cage and Page, not Christian Cage and Ethan Page, but the other two, uh, for double or nothing as opposed to doing it next week. Oh, no, wait a second. Yeah, it's Hangman and Cage. I thought it was gonna be Christian Cage. Okay. I would still save that for double or nothing. What, Cage and Hangman? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, or they could do, I mean, not that I want this, they could do something with the Dark Order, first team task. Not like I really want that, but maybe that's what they're going to do with that. I think it's a waste of, of Page, but, I mean, that's something they could do. I do think it's still a little early. I mean, not that I would say it's a little early. I just The story would make no sense if they just did Hangman versus Omega. I mean, storyline and the way that they're booked, I mean, that would just come out of left field. doesn't really make much sense. seems like they're still fighting with Moxley and Kingston, so... Putting Paige out there really wouldn't make much sense, so we'll see, but I don't know. I I would have saved him and, and Cage for double or nothing, but I mean if they're just gonna do it next week. Unless unless they just don't actually do it and they set it for double or nothing, I mean it seems like they'll do like a tag match or like I said, they they'll do like Hangman and someone from the Dark Order versus mm-hmm. the Taz, which I don't really care. No, I was just about to say that it's probably going to be Paige and like Reynolds and Silver versus Team Taz, and they'll lose that too because they're losers. Um, that being Team Taz, but yeah, I mean they teased that Team Taz and um, that Team Taz and Dark Order feud last night. Aren't Dark Order still feuding with the Matt Hardy stable? I mean these factions are just getting are just getting out of hand. Yeah, last time I knew they were facing uh, Matt Hardy, but they weren't even on the show last night, or I don't remember seeing them last night. So. I know, I know Matt Hardy was, and he was like, "Oh, I want to manage uh, Jade Cargill." Jade Cargill, oh my yeah. God, please no. Hey, no, I think I listen. I think Jade Cargill is getting better. She's grown on me. But not only that, what I love about her now is that she does not want to be represented by anyone. She doesn't need a manager. What a fucking concept. Uh, yes and no, because she's like, if I am though, like you got to bring the money. Like she's gonna be, ta- she's gonna be paired with someone. You already oh. know that. But I don't know. It just, I, I'm, I don't need it. Oh, no. thanks. Yeah, I just don't need to see that. Um, Cajun Hobbs, what were your thoughts on that match? It was fine. I mean, I just, I mean, they brought Christian in. He's facing a mid-card loser faction. So, I mean, Cage is going to, he's going to have to find some friends soon. So, I mean, technically, I mean, I guess you could do him and, and him and Hangman versus Team Taz at, uh, Double or nothing. I mean, that wouldn't be horrible. But I could see that. Yeah, actually. I mean, it's better than what we initially thought. I'd rather have that than uh, the Dark Order team and with Page. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, so they're seemingly setting up a lot of stuff for the pay-per-view, which is good. It didn't really seem that way a couple of months ago with um, the last pay-per-view revolution in full gear. They didn't really set a lot of shit in motion until like the last minute. But you have a pretty stable card for the most part, um, including another match that was all but made official last night, that being Hikura Shida and Britt Baker for the AEW Women's World Championship after Shida beat Conti. And my opinion, what was Conti's best match ever so far, one of Shida's best matches so far in AEW, um, and she's had a lot of good matches, but her reign has been fairly forgettable just because she hasn't had a lot of like great title defenses. This might have been one of the best yet. I thought they had a great match, honestly. Sheeta wins, Baker comes out, and uh, challenges for the championship. So very simple booking, and I think this uh, all roads lead to uh, Baker becoming champion come double or nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where they should have been anyway, so it is what it is, but this just should have been the feud the whole time, so I don't know. I like like it, but I don't because it should have already happened. I agree, but I I think the detour that they took with Kai was with uh, with with Ty Conti was fine because uh, you know she got a chance to shine. I thought she had a great match there, so I'm sure she'll be champion at some point down the road. Uh, but we we talk about matches being set up for double or nothing. The biggest match you can do is not set in stone yet, and that's for the world championship. Kenny Omega does not currently have an opponent now. I would like to think that's because they don't know if he'll be champion by that point in storyline because he has a match with Rich Swan on, on the Rebellion pay-per-view on Sunday. But this goddamn company, I, I, oh, they aired one ad. Amazing. Like, who cares? I fast-forward through the commercials anyway. It wasn't even during the show. It was during the commercials. Who cares? I fast-forward through that stuff. So I didn't even see that, to be honest with you. I don't know. I know you don't watch a ton of Impact, but I've made this quite clear on, on Twitter several times. I'm not happy with the fact they've just... This is a clearly a one-sided invasion with the whole partnership bullshit. This was clearly only put together so AEW could use the Good Brothers Impact. Yeah, they're getting something out of it because Kenny Omega is wrestling in one of their pay-per-views. But the fact they couldn't even bother to have Rich Swan show up to promote the match for Sunday where your company's title is on the line makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about Impact, but yeah, it seems like they're just doing this so they can have the Good Brothers. I mean, that's not really much of a trade-off, I guess, but I don't know. Obviously, Omega wins on Sunday, LOL, right? Easily. So what do you do, double or nothing, you think? I don't really know. I mean... I mean, I think it's too early for Paige or Cage, so I'm not really sure who else you do. I mean, they're clearly still feuding with Kingston and Moxley, so maybe do something with them, but what are you going to do? Because, like, the Young Bucks are involved, so is Good Brothers, so is Omega, I mean... I don't really know. I honestly don't really know, and I, I just it's. I feel like it's gonna be multi man. I don't think it's it's gonna be like a tag match or something. I just because like how are you gonna do? I mean, you shouldn't do this anyways. But like, why would you do Omega and Moxley again? I mean, it just wouldn't make much sense. Oh no, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I, I'm I'm interested to see what they do, but I don't really know. Unless like someone else, I guess teams with them with Kingston and. And uh, Moxley, but besides that, I really don't know what you do with them. Are Moxley and Kingston the ones to take the titles from the Young Bucks, do you think? No. No? No. I could see. I mean, Moxley's lost quite a bit lately. I could finally see him winning something. I mean, Eddie, Eddie Kingston, too. I think they might be the ones to take the belt from them. I guess. I don't know. They have so many more tag teams. Why would you put them on another makeshift tag team? <laughs> I, I don't know. know. I really like the I, I really like the Moxley-Kingston tag team, but... I, I like agree. it, but I don't think they should get the belts. Like I said, they have we have the greatest tag team division in the world, and they keep giving them the fucking makeshift tag team. 
I understand that. We'll, we'll see. I am liking the feud, though. I assume that's the double or nothing match. Um, but yeah, that's about it, brother. One last question for you. I forgot to ask you this earlier when we were talking about the WWE stuff. A bit random while we're on the subject of AEW. But Daniel Bryan did an interview this past week with BT Sport talking about how he, you know, his contract is expiring this year and he was talking about the WrestleMania match and he wants to be part-time. Nothing really new from Daniel Bryan, but the more interviews that I hear him do, including me talking to him a couple of months ago, he makes it sound more and more like he just doesn't want to wrestle full-time. Do you think he could leave WWE or do you think he's there for for the rest of his career, whether it be on a full-time or part-time basis? I mean, it's possible, but... I mean, if he doesn't really like it that bad, then just retire at that point. I mean, he hasn't even really been wrestling full-time, so, I mean... I mean, he has wrestled almost every SmackDown for the last, like, three months. Okay, but, I mean, he was also on and off again the whole last year, so... I, I agree, mean, yep, yep, yep. I, I would just... I would just give it up at this point, I mean, just go be a dad. Well, no, I think he might be part-time, but he just wants to be part-time. I don't. It's not that he doesn't like wrestling anymore. I just think he might be part-time in either WWE or another promotion. I don't think he's going anywhere, personally. Yeah, I don't think I see him wrestling anywhere else, but he, I don't know. He, he was trying to make it sound like that he was trying to work out a deal with WWE where he could work part-time and still go elsewhere. Now, obviously, he wouldn't go to AEW. I don't know what the extent of that would be, whether it be in, in indie stuff or... Ring of Honor? I mean, anywhere with TV, I would probably say no. I, I don't see that type of deal working out, but I, I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that's something they allow them to do, but who knows? I mean, this company, and, and rightfully so, I mean, because you don't want to allow your performers to go elsewhere and perform elsewhere. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but forgetting about that for a second, what if he gets hurt doing another indie show? I mean, Daniel Bryan goes hard, too. What if he got hurt doing another show and then he had to go back to WWE and he was out? You know what I mean? Like, that's why, honestly, to a certain extent, the whole independent contractor stuff is just complete bullshit. But with them not allowing their performers to do other shows, that, to me, just makes complete sense. I know AEW doesn't really do that, but you've also got you've also had people get hurt and have other bookings. Remember Chris Statlander had, like, a miss a dynamite one time because she had another booking somewhere else? Like, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah, I mean, it's also different. They're new, and I think a lot of those people already had, like, pre-existing contracts and stuff like that. Like, I know when MGF was starting, he was still kind of signed with MLW and stuff, but I think he didn't have, like, an exclusive deal. That's why he was able to start at AEW when they started off. But, I mean, at this point now, none of those people should be doing, like, independent shows or anything like that. Yeah, other than Joey Janela, who still runs his promotion, and I'm sure you're a big fan of that, right? I mean, if he left AEW, I don't think anyone would care. What happened was big heel turn from like a month ago. <laughs> I have no idea. Wasn't that on dark? I yeah, it was on dark. Remember you like insulted Sunny Kiss and that was like then they teamed like the next week and like I completely forgot about that until like a couple days ago. Yeah, I mean I don't care about George and so who honestly does? I mean I'm sure he obviously has his fair share of fans, but at this point in time, who 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 could possibly give a shit? Um, at any rate, you can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and Google Play. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. We'll be back next week. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything going on. I don't think so. I don't really think there's any other pay-per-views coming up for a while, which is nice. Um, Double or Nothing isn't until the end of May. Money in the Bank, or not Money in the Bank, WrestleMania Backlash isn't until mid-May. 
So we got nothing coming up for a while, but it's going to be a wrestling talk, as always, for myself and Mr. Marceau, who is at RJ underscore Marceau in the Twitter machine, just breaking down the uh, usual wrestling stuff. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, Mr. Marceau, any parting words before we ride off into the sunset here, brother? I got nothing, GSM. Kids got nothing. Not even a, not even a farewell message. No farewell message. Don't, don't do drugs. I don't know. <laughs> stay in school. Don't do drugs. That's about it from us here at WrestleRant Radio. Mr. Marceau, this has been awesome, brother. I'll catch your ass next week. Do it.